The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bucket Plan On Demand. I got one of my best buddies with me here, Greg Hammer, and Greg is going to drop some uh, just incredible wisdom on us all around communication. And, you know, one of the things that I find Greg does more than probably any advisor I've ever met is he speaks to people in a way that they can actually understand, right? And, and that's half the battle sometimes. We have a lot of complex jargon in our industry and a lot of things that confuse the client. And uh, don't get me wrong, Greg could stand up with the best of them when it comes to complexity. You know, a Yale graduate who's certainly academically one of the, the smartest people I know, but it's all about being relatable to the people that he's sitting down with. And so what I asked Greg to do is jump on with us here in the podcast. Welcome, Greg. Everyone can see him here who's watching or, or if you're just listening, you're going to great some you're going to get some great nuggets here. But a little bit of background. Uh, Hammer, what does your team look like there in uh, northwest Indiana outside of Chicago? How many people do you have with you? Yeah, from an advisory standpoint, we have seven. Scott and I are more of the business development. We've got three lead advisors, an associate, and somebody kind of go through the pair planning process, as we call it here. And then from a staff standpoint, because we actually incorporate taxes and Medicare, we're about 19 year round from a staffing standpoint. Okay. Including so everybody, you know. Absolutely. And Greg, you know, just so people get perspective, you know, share where you were when you joined C2P. What was it, nine years ago, 10 years ago, eight years yeah, ago? Yeah, I was actually looking at that. It's close to 10. I think it was at the very, very end of 2011, you know, as I go back to recollect some of the things. But yeah, when we started, it was really from an advisory standpoint. I had Scott who was working with me with the previous relationship come over with me and we worked kind of as a dual presenters as advisors. And essentially we had, you know, one staff person when we started, you know, to kind of get things going. So you went from yourself really meeting with clients, business development. I know Scott does a lot of investment work behind the scenes as right. your right hand, one staff to essentially a team of 19 now. And last year you brought in 52 million of net new client assets I know you shared with me this morning, your goal for 2022 here is 73 million. And, you know, there's no doubt about it that, you know, a lot of that growth comes from being able to effectively communicate with people. And so that's really the goal to, and, and Greg, I'll kind of open it up to you as you think about this. And I know, you know, you've just got a lot of great resources and ideas to share with the audience today. I, I, I was reminding you like, one of the things that we teach in the bucket plan training, one of like, you know, we'll call it a one-liner, right? Even yeah. though it's so much more than that is uh, Greg about five years ago, six years ago, came into Cleveland, Ohio, where I was, and he walked into the office. He was in town visiting and he was like, what are you working on? And I was like, oh, I'm trying to put this financial plan together for my client. 
and I was a little bit challenged or I was torn. I was trying to figure out how much money I was going to put in their soon bucket to cover their income gap. And more specifically, I was trying to identify how much of their soon bucket money was going to go to an annuity for guaranteed income versus a managed portfolio for income withdrawals. But as we all know, it's the stock market. It's non-guaranteed. And so I'm sitting here in my mind kind of battling back and forth. And Greg in his infinite wisdom and communication ability comes in and goes, why are you even thinking about it? Why didn't you just ask the client how much of their income they want guaranteed? And like, that's an example of one of those great questions. I was like, I don't know. And right there in the office, I picked up the phone and I called the client. His name was Pat. And I said, hey, Pat, you remember how we determined you needed that $80,000 of an income gap? That's that amount outside of social security and pension to support your and Cheryl's lifestyle. And he said, yeah, Dave, what's up? I said, how much of that income do you want guaranteed? And he kind of sat there. It felt like a five minutes of silence. It was only probably 10 seconds. And his answer was like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, there's a couple of different ways to guarantee income in a financial plan. And I'm talking about completely uncorrelated to the stock market that, you know, mailbox money that's just going to show up every month, whether the stock market's up or down, it's protected. And I remember he sat there for another couple of minutes and then he, he goes, $50,000, $50,000 of his $80,000 income gap. I remember hanging up the phone and Greg goes, well, there you go. Now you know how much you need to put in the annuity to guarantee versus the other 30 grand. And it's like, sometimes it's just the simplicity of that in the communication. And that's what I wanted Greg to jump on and share with everyone today. I still remember that, Dave. I mean, it's like as clear as a bell coming in. And that was really, I think, one of the things when we were first developing part of the 2.0 process and, and income gap assessment. That's where that actual question originated from was that conversation uh, that you and I had in the office there. Yeah. And, and I just think, you know, a lot of times I catch myself often because, you know, I consider myself rather knowledgeable in the industry. But in that communication, I'm always guarded against the conversations because telling them too much overwhelms people, overwhelms them real, real easy. And so often I catch myself and they, they look like they're that deer in the headlight, you know, and, that, and I stop myself and, and, you know, do that checkup. And I think that was from Del Greco, right? You should take the temperature so many times throughout an appointment. And often you're going to get that response like, yeah, I'm not really following what you're saying. And that's where a lot of these simple analogies that I began to utilize come into play. And it's just something that, you know, I'll start off with, Dave, I, I was sharing with you a little bit, you know, to relatability, most people are very familiar with the intricacies around a vehicle in terms of the challenges that they have, right? Everybody owns vehicles. So I love always working with car analogies because people can can relate to that. They can put themselves in it too. So a lot of times when I get into the design part and the deliver part of a presentation, I'm going to communicate to the client, look, you know, we're, going to, we're about to have a lot of information. It's going to be like drinking from a fire hose today. And a lot of that information, you know, your head's going to be swimming. And I'm going to tell you probably at some point in this conversation, the information you're going to get, you're going to feel like I do often when the mechanic that I have starts to talk about problems under the hood, right? I mean, you know, after a while in that conversation, I, I often just tell my mechanic, can you just fix the car? Because I don't understand what you're telling me anymore about the engine. 
And I says, as a fiduciary, I got to lift the hood and I got to show you the engine. After a while, when our relationship grows, if you never want to look under that hood again, I'm good with that. And immediately you're going to see that relief because I'm warning them right now that there's going to be a lot of complex things. And then I'm going to relate it back to the simple parts of it where I say, but as that car owner, right, there's still certain things that I know I have to be responsible for. For example, Dave, if I were to buy a brand new car and never did anything to maintain it, we would expect problems with that brand new car, right? And we got to know that when there's things that I'm uncomfortable with, if an indicator light comes on, that you need to call me, just like you would call your mechanic or say, hey, can you check this out and see what the problem is? If I feel things that aren't driving right, those are all the things that we're here for. We're, we're that sounding board for you as we go through the, the complex distribution phase of your life. That, that's the resource that you want to have. And so what you're doing is you're putting them in the position of owning the car saying, I don't need to worry about the engine. You know, for lack of better terms, Greg's that mechanic. And they can relate to that a lot better because that's an everyday thing for them, right? They're living that all the time. Yeah, and Greg, what I love about that, you know, when I first heard you share the analogy, we were in, uh, when you say the words 2.0, for everyone who doesn't know what that means, we have a, we have the bucket plan 1.0, which is the foundational tools and concepts, the philosophy of bucketing money, the money cycle to explain sequence of returns risk, the pyramid of risk to explain all the investments that we could fill the buckets with. And then a number of tools to go through to gather all the information you need to lay the client's bucket plan out, like the connection questionnaire and an income gap assessment and a volatility tolerance analysis. But when Greg refers to 2.0, that's where we then put an overlay training of holistic planning, charging planning fees, having a four-step process, discover, design, deliver, and then dedicated engaging in holistic planning to include tax planning, social security optimization, healthcare planning, life insurance, long-term care, estate planning, right? All of those different components. So I just wanted to preface for anyone that's not familiar with our internal language. We have a lot of people on here who might not be with C2P yet. And so uh, just explaining that, but when we were in our planning meeting, every single quarter, we get a group of our top advisors who are implementing the bucket plan together for an entire day to innovate the process. Greg's part of that committee. And we were just talking this last quarter of how we kind of overcome when clients say, well, you know, can you just build me the plan? But maybe they're hesitant about implementing with you, right? And of course, we all want implementation. That's what our core business is. And you gave that car analogy of like, hey, I can, I can sell you into the right car that you want. But if we don't maintain it, you're going to have issues, right? You can't just buy a car and never change the oil, change the tires, service the, the air filters, do all that stuff. And like, I love that simple analogy of like, the financial planning process is getting you in the right car, but the wealth management, the implementation is what's going to prevent you from having major problems down the road. I just thought that was so simple of a way to explain it versus me stumbling around like how we would normally explain like investments and portfolios and insurance and risk management and all that other stuff that we do. 
Well, and again, it goes back to that relatability and, and actually the transparency to a large part, right? Clients appreciate transparency. Look, your phase that you're going into, it's not a, a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a constant evolution. And you, you talk about that maintenance, right? And if you're not going to maintain it, coming through and, and I says, listen, I'm not in the business of collecting a planning fee. It doesn't really do you any good. Because you're not you're 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 creating this moment in time, and there's constant things that are evolving and changing, and you're going to have things that you're going to miss an opportunity because you're not in tune or doing regular maintenance on your plan. And you know, you talk about even bringing this is listen. There's there's gaps in planning process. There's things that are going to come up if you're driving down the road in the rain, right, and you hit the pothole just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. And I says, there's going to be these constant things that are going to be introduced to your plan and either in changes in tax laws or changes in the market environment or things that are going to evolve in your life that are going to create these other gaps. And if you don't have somebody that can help you identify them, you know, you don't want to have to fix the car because you, you broke the axle when you hit the pothole. I mean, why not just avoid the pothole altogether? And that helps them really begin to relate to what your role is, right? Because, you know, and I tell them, I says, listen, wealth management, I'm just going to go out and take a leap of faith that you can understand that in today's world, most advisors, I think, are good at wealth management. Because, you know, a lot of that's going to be driven by the market. Very rarely do we see a portfolio that comes in with a you know, portfolio that just doesn't look good. And, I, and I, I'm just going to tell you, I says, take the leap that we're good wealth managers. But at the end of the day, it's the planning right? That creates the value. When and how and where to take things out of your distribution plan to create more efficiency. You know, things like Roth conversions. And, you know, that's a lot of times, you know, I, I don't know if anybody does a lot of conversion or tax planning. Dave, I know you do. I mean, you and I have a huge focus on this. And there's always the mental hurdle, right? People are in love with balances on their sheets when it comes to assets. And so one of the toughest things, you know, to get people to move forward and take a step with planning is to have them understand that, you know, that money isn't theirs. It's a liability that's always going to exist. And, and I always draw simple analogies. And, you know, one of the things I do a lot of times when they're like, well, why would I want to pay the taxes today? Right. How many times have we heard that question, Dave? Why would I want to pay the taxes today? Because the, the craziness out there is there's actual advisors that we've gotten competition with that say we can outmanage Roth conversions. My simple answer is that advisor does not understand taxes because the simplicity that I tell says, Dave, let's say you're going to you're redoing a simple redo of your living room. Right. You're doing some painting. You're going to take the carpet out. You know, you're going to buy a new couch. The couch is wore out right? And you're going to buy this couch. In fact, you've picked it out. You know what couch you want. You know it's going to cost $2,000, but you're not going to buy it today because you're not going to be ready to move it into the living room for two weeks. You don't want to walk around in the garage. So the question I would have for you, Dave, if you open the paper tomorrow and that couch was on sale for $1,200, what are you going to do? You're going to go buy the couch, right? And you're going to walk around in the garage for two weeks. And the simplicity of it is, is taxes are on sale today. And you just need to understand that you're going to pay the taxes. It's just prudent to pay less. And then, again, that everybody's lived that experience, right? You, we're going to buy on sale. Why wouldn't we want to buy on sale? And that's the opportunity today with tax planning. It's buying on sale 
to mitigate what's likely going to be higher taxes in the future. Part of our overall tax planning process is not that we're going to assume that taxes are going to sunset, but there's a certainty that we're going to end up in a single bracket if I'm sitting with a couple. And so you're just talking about doing that now versus later when it's going to cost you more. And the other thing I tell them, why would you want to take all the risk, Dave, and make all that money for the IRS and do all that complex money management just to give a bigger check to them at the end of time? I love that. Those are so good. I'm definitely going to steal both of those. So yeah, I haven't heard you say either of those. I want to kind of touch on two more things before we close out. I think people got a lot of information from here. The first one is, and I don't mean to put you on the spot if you don't remember it, but I've heard you explain several times kind of how you just lay at a high level like stock market investing and like controlling intent. And obviously, you know, we don't have control of the stock market and picking what individual stocks to buy, when to be in, when to be out, market timing. How do you go about kind of explaining that to your clients and trying to simplify it? Well, I, I think a lot of it is, you know, the expectations, right? You know, I, I, you know, and I tell people, look, the later bucket is there for a purpose when you're talking about market volatility. We have the proper time horizon, which everybody in the bucket plan philosophy knows that. But I says, you know, you're not going to like it when the market goes down, but you better expect it to happen. You know, and what we're going to do is create a plan you know, we can't control outside events. And this is where it goes into the intent, right? The only thing we can control is our intent. Our intent is to create the most efficient distribution plan and reduce the variance, the deviations, right? It's all about deviations in the planning process. And most people have different programs of software we use, you know, shows kind of that Monte Carlo linear simulation. I said, that's just the bullseye, okay? Our job is to obviously increase the opportunity of the bullseye, but more importantly, shrink the deviation, right? Because if, our, if we can shrink the deviation and became, become a more predictable outcome, I tell people, look, I'm a boring planner, distribution planner. I like things to happen as I explain them to you, right? That's my intent. So the more predictable I can make your outcome, the more likely you're going to enjoy your environment. Because another analogy, Dave, I'm just thinking of that I talk to people all the time. You know, they come in my office. I say, you know, let me tell you one of the biggest challenges I have when people walk in my office. It, they become paralyzed when they get into retirement. The reason they become paralyzed is because they don't have a plan around the what ifs, right? What if this happens? What if that happens? They really have no conception of how their plan looks in these different events in life. So my job as an advisor is to answer your what ifs, right? Show you the scenarios so that you have the confidence to enjoy, to spend your money. Because often what happens is they never spend their money. They never buy the things or do the things they wanna do in retirement. And the kids end up doing it all when they're gone. I get more head shakes with that, more agreement with that. And they're like, you're absolutely right. We're paralyzed. We're afraid to spend money. And, I, and that's where you bring it back into the simple analogy. It says, let me do all that for you. Let me create the plan. And we explain it as, look, we're going to create the roadmap. It doesn't mean that the destination is going to be the same destination five years from now, because you might change your priorities. You might change your destination spot. You may want to do different things, but we'll adjust the roadmap. That's the planning aspect versus wealth management. 
when you have wealth management, there's one sole focus. It's all simply around performance. And as you understand in distribution, performance should not be the focus. It should be balances. It should be understanding the impact of volatility, sequence of return risk. And then you get into that jargon again, right? Where we lift the hood and I tell them, look, I'm lifting the hood again. Okay, I got to talk to you about this. When do you want me to shut it? They'll say, shut the hood. You know, and they'll, you know, and I says, but here's what you got me for, right? I'll continue to do that and evolve that as we go through the planning process so that you're feeling comfortable about making educated decisions and the intent is there, right? We can't guarantee the outcome, but we're going to have a lot better opportunity in that outcome by understanding all the things around it. I love, I love the shut the hood. I always explain to my clients is that I fully recognize they might not like talking about the complex stuff as much as I do. So they can feel free to tell me to shut up at any time. I love the, <laughs> you know, tell me to shut the hood, shut the hood. That's fantastic. And so Greg, let's do one more in closing here. I'm, I'm down here in South Carolina and I don't have a basement, but when I was living up in Ohio, I certainly did. And I had a sump pump and I, I, I clearly knew the implications of, of only having one. And, and I've heard you tell this story and I love it. And I think it's just a, a great analogy to uh, something that's important for our clients. So share the sump pump story and then we'll kind of close it out for today's podcast. Yeah, it's funny because way back then I was still relatively a new homeowner. And, you know, like Dave mentioned, you know, Midwest, there's a lot of basements and the sump pump is just something that you have to have in order to, you know, keep the water out of the basement. Well, as a young homeowner, you know, one of the things they used to have on the sump pump was lifetime warranties. So me being naive as a young kid, put this sump pump in a brand new home thinking I'm good for a while, right? You know, finish the basement shortly after and and, and I draw this analogy when it comes to planning, right? Why do you need a plan? Because in that realm, right, the sump pump, I'm looking, it's, it, it's pouring rain. And of course, it's on a Sunday night. And I, you know, the, the, the sump pump, I can hear it run when I'm laying in bed. You know, so I'm in the bedroom, I don't hear the sump pump run. And I go down there and I open it up and the water's literally an inch from the top of the floor. The sump pump's not working. You know, Sunday night, right? It never goes out when you have nothing to do. It's always when it's least convenient, right? I.e. life experiences. There's never a convenient time when things go bad. So I'm in panic mode. Fortunately for me, my neighbor had a sump pump, right? So we actually swapped it out, got it, saved the basement. But what I did after that was I just didn't go buy one sump pump to give back to my neighbor, which I did. I bought a second one. And not only did I buy a second one, but I completely fitted it for a quick exchange to pull the other sump pump out. And then now, now I have, you know, that little alarm that dangles down there that lets me know when the water's not running, which I never had before. And since then, I've replaced the sump pump. Now the story goes, Dave, used to be two, but three times since that occurrence. So here's the thing, right? We all know the sump pump's going to go out, but are we prepared for it? And that's what planning allows us to do. It just allows us to create the opportunity to be prepared for the, the events that we know are going to occur. Dave, would you agree that market volatility, it's not an if event, it's a win event, right? Absolutely. Would you agree that at some point taxes are going to change, Absolutely. right? It's not if, it's when. Would you agree at some point one of the two of you are going to pass away before the other? Most likely. So these are win events. And if we know these are win events, wouldn't it make sense 
to prepare for those win events. You know, and that's just the, the again, you're you're bringing them to anybody in the Midwest understands the sump pump analogy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That was awesome. So that's such a great conclusion. Again, I hope that everybody now knows why I asked Greg to jump on here and join it. I feel like for the first time in 11 years of C2P Enterprises history, we have these golden nuggets recorded now. Yeah. Uh, I know I'm going to go back and listen to this again. These were just awesome. Such a great way to clarify and articulate the value we bring to clients through simple stories. So hammer time. I appreciate you being here. I enjoyed it. Dave. It was a lot of fun. So awesome. Thanks. And if you need anything from us, reach out to your business development partner. We are here to help. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Dave. The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit clarity2prosperity.com.